Are you looking for the best cowbells in the game? Well, the Bellsmith can deliver that for you. You can get junction bells, lefty bells, artillery bells, grand slam bells, game day bells, any kind of custom bell you're looking for. You can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can head over to Maroon & Company in Starkville. I know myself, I have a lot of the the in-off-the-bench guest player bells, which helps them through NIL. So go purchase your bells from the Bellsmith today. Welcome, everybody, to the In Off The Bench Podcast. My name is Jim Cross, and this is episode 15, titled Jewel of Starkville. And it is titled that because we have on Mississippi State soccer goalie Maddie Anderson. I can't wait to get her story. Outstanding young woman. Talk about Mississippi State soccer and how they've put themselves on the map and got an outstanding future ahead of themselves. But before we do, we got to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Chinook Cedary, Eight Flavors, Mild to Wild. Also, Get your In Off The Bench merch from Memphis City Design as well as your Swamper gear. And last but not least, Dustin Smith, Smith's Plumbing. The guy I've known him since I was four years old. They are the best in the business. They are taking care of everybody through this winter weather. So give my man Dustin a call. But let's get into the biggest interview and podcasting this week with our girl, Maddie Anderson. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Yes, no Daniel Ball tonight, and that's because we're talking soccer. He's not worthy of talking soccer because he does not respect it or appreciate it enough. But I will tell you who does respect and appreciate the game of soccer. You do not bring it into her house. You do not shoot it on her, and that's Maddie Anderson. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Uh, outstanding. I love to talk soccer. I love to talk to Mississippi State athletes. So this is right up my alley, and can't wait to get your story. But before we do, we got to break the ice. Um, you know. Anybody who follows you knows that academics is important to you. And so I was curious, you know, what's your favorite subject? I'd have to say math and science, but I loved my undergrad psychology. That was one of my favorite, like, things to learn about. So do you, like, analyze the people you know now? (laughs) No, but it has given me insight on why people do things. So that's pretty cool. I don't know if I'd want to know that. And then I would realize why everybody's messed up. <laughs> yeah, it is a blessing and a curse, I could say. If you were going to teach, what subject would you teach? Oh, I do either math or science. Like if I was going to do elementary to high school age, I would definitely do that. See, at one point I thought I was going to be a teacher because I wanted to coach. And I um, got my degree and took the practice exam. And I scored in the 98th percentile in math, and they told me I should be a math teacher. And I just laughed at them. I was like, I don't want to teach no kids math. It's one, <laughs> it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to teach it. Like, give me the, yeah. like the coaches had, give me the history to where I can put notes on the board. So I don't have to, you know, I don't know if you had, did you have, did you have those coaches in school that didn't really like, you could tell they didn't really want to teach. They just kind of, they gave you notes and you take a test. Yeah. I want to be that mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, it was all PowerPoint slides, and it's like, all right, go through these, and then we'll take a test later. Exactly. I'm going to be that guy. I'm not one that's going to make the future uh, generation successful. I'm sorry. (laughs) But, no, all jokes aside, so the weather has been wild here. I know South – or Starkville's, you know, a couple hours south of here. um, But, nonetheless, it it got cold, it got rainy, it got snowy there. You know, just talk about – you know, as somebody who plays the outdoor sport, just, you know, how miserable it's been not being able to get out there, train, play any kind of soccer, um, you know, with that kind of weather. Yeah, it's been really hard. We haven't been able to play outside for a while. And um, 
I mean, I love diving around. I love playing soccer. So any day that I don't get to do it is kind of really sad. And we're in eight hour weeks right now. So we're only allowed four hours of soccer per week, which is also very hard. Um, but I know eventually we'll get out there and we'll have fun when we do. How much snow did y'all get? Like we got enough. You talk about diving around. We got enough to like dive in and play in. Like we had like six inches here. Did y'all get that much down in Starkville? No, we really didn't get too much. Maybe like, I don't even know, an inch or less. Yeah, really I wondered that because when I drove to Baton Rouge, it was so hard to get out of here. But once I got about 90 minutes south, it was like clear. And it was kind of crazy to see how little had came down there. But, you know, I didn't know if maybe it had, you know, disappeared, dissolved or whatever. And maybe y'all got it initially. Yeah, we got like one night of snow and then the rest was either rain or ice, which it's not as much fun to play in. Yeah, no, that's terrible. Y'all got the cold temperatures and the wind, but you didn't get the snow to play in. That's not cool at I all. Know. It was not cool at all. All right. So this is a fun question we always like to ask here and there. You know, if you could be a Disney character, who would you be? And it doesn't have to be a princess. It could be any Disney character. My goodness. I Okay. I would say Nala from Lion King. She is a real, she's a strong girl there. Uh, yeah. powerful yeah she de she definitely put Simba in his place I could I could see it okay I'm mm -hmm. down with it all right last one and then we'll get into your story favorite athlete all time who's like you know when they're on TV you gotta watch gosh I guess I have a male and a female so Michael Jordan all-time favorite um I'm my initials were specifically made to match his Michael Jordan and mine's MJ for my middle name. Um, my dad loves him. Um, and then I'd say for my female, Aubrey Bledsoe, I guess it's Aubrey Kingsbury now. She's a goalkeeper for Washington Spirit. And I just love her personality on and off the field. And she's super sweet and humble. So definitely a good role model. Very nice. Yeah. And you know, on the Michael Jordan side of things, you can't go wrong. And any time that answer is said, I always have to tell people, you know, what's came to this podcast, we could have never projected, but it all started with COVID and us talking about the last dance and talking about Michael Jordan because he was everything to us. And so mm -hmm. shout, shout out to Mike, because if it isn't for his documentary, we never get to where we're at right now. So, uh, you know, m still Michael's greatness, even, even th shining through us, you know, it's still him. Yeah, <laughs> he's awesome. I love that documentary. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into your story. For those who don't know, where are you from? I was originally born in Colorado, but I moved to Texas when I was like 13. So I'm from Houston, Texas. Okay. So you've been, you've been all around. Well, let's, let's dive into the early time. Cause you know, we were just talking about snow, like in Colorado, were you like up in the mountains or where were you at? I was about 45 minutes from the mountains and I would say 45 minutes North of Denver, Colorado. Okay. Um, but we definitely got a lot of snow. And so you go from Colorado to Houston, which I've been there and like massive city, so much going on, crazy badass. Did you live in the city area? Or did you live in the suburbs on the outside? I live in the suburbs. It's uh, Seabrook, Texas. It's kind of closer to the water. Um, people more recognize Galveston and I'm like 20 minutes from Galveston. Gotcha. All right. So. From Texas, basically. Talk to me about family growing up. We got mom, dad, brothers, sisters. What's the household look like? Um, mom and dad. Uh, and then I have an older brother. He's 
want to say 27. And then just recently, two years ago, he married and I have my sister-in-law, her name is Abby. And then a couple of days ago, they just had their first daughter. Her name is Violet. So my first niece. Congratulations. Thank you. You're going you're gonna to love it. It's so much better when they're not yours. You can spoil them, love on them. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you don't have to be the one to take them home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am very excited. She's already a little cutie pie. So, Well, speaking of being little, at what point did you start playing soccer? Was it one of those things you started playing as soon as you were able to? Yeah, I started, I want to say, when I was three years old. And I kind of just played a bunch of different sports that whatever my brother played, I kind of just went along with it. But soccer was the one that stuck. So your brother was a soccer player as well? Yeah, he I mean, he did all the sports. He hates practicing. He only likes the game. So he has he stopped playing sports when he was like in fifth grade. Gotcha. Not not giving you the the older brother role model that you need to, mm, to get <laughs> on to him. So so safe to say you're the better athlete in the family. I would like to say so. He always thinks he can beat me in a race, but I that's an argument. We're going we're going to have to have it happen. We're going to need the mm-hmm. video out there. We're going to need this race to happen. <laughs> All right. So, growing up, you know, obviously it wasn't your brother based upon what we were just talking about. Who, you know, inspired you when it came to soccer? Was it somebody within the family? Was it a coach, another player, you know, who helped inspire you when you were younger? Well, I'd say it's both of my parents, but um my dad especially he would take me out to the park he hated soccer at first and he knew nothing about soccer he was a basketball dude and he would always take me to the park and train me and um just both of my parents were super supportive even though like it wasn't their favorite sport they like would teach me they would take me everywhere they would pay for extra training and all that stuff so I'd say they were a big influence in where I am today yeah I don't know why it's the you know as someone who has my daughter who plays um, it, a lot of parents, they act like, you know, it's not the glamour sport. Like, for instance, with boys, they always want them to play baseball, like not soccer. And I don't I don't really understand it. I don't know. I don't think, like I said, you know, I talked about my host. I don't think there's enough appreciation for soccer and just how athletic you got to be to play it and be successful in it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. To each their own. But with that being <laughs> said, once you got good, you obviously, you know, have to play for a club if you want to have good competition, really measure up. So who did you play club ball for? I played for Challenge Soccer Club. Um, they're located in the Woodlands in Texas. Um, we're, ve- we're very familiar. You're actually maybe the first guest that didn't say it like the Woodlands. Like it's, <laughs> it's really a lot of emphasis on that the on the front end to let us know. Oh my gosh, Woodlands yes. Is different. It's the Woodlands. All my teammates live there and I'm like, gosh. It's like a pampered city over there. Mm -hmm. And so if you were playing there, I mean, you had to have been playing with the best of best, if I understand everything about the Woodlands. Yes, there was a lot of talent on every team that was there. It was crazy. Lots of good players. All right. And then what about high school? Where'd you go to high school? Um, I went to Clear Falls High School. It's in League City, Texas. And so when it came to high school and club, so like, you know, I'm a reference my daughter just because here in Mississippi, um, you know, not to knock anybody in the area, um, anybody who knows, knows, you know, what I'm saying. 
Um, high school soccer in Mississippi is just not really competitive. It just ain't it. So it's all about club ball. It's all about traveling. So for you, I asked, like, was high school ball very competitive or was it really all about the club scene? For my area, it was really about the club scene, but Texas high school soccer is like one of the best. I'd say Texas and California and Ohio are the best high school um, girls soccer teams, but um, my area was not great, but it was also fun to play. So more emphasis on club for sure. Yeah, no, and it's one of those things we actually, you know, my daughter's on one of the better teams. There's a there's a few good teams that are always competing for state, but you play a lot of teams that you only play a half against because, you know, it's 10 nothing a half and and they call it. So, yeah, if you yeah. want to really find out just what you're made of, you you got to play club ball on the weekends. Um, but, you know, let's go over some of these accolades of things you guys to do. Um, you were invited to the ECNL National Training Camp as a sophomore and junior and attended the U.S. Soccer Training Center in 2016 and 17. Also selected to play with Paris Saint-Germain in a friendly against Manchester City following the ECNL training camp in 2018. So when I read that off and people hear the acronyms, the main thing like that stands out is you're playing internationally, right? Like, And so talk about what it's like to get that opportunity, you know, something that not everybody gets to do and train and, and be able to, you know, sharpen your game. I mean, that was a crazy year. Um, whenever we had national training camp, there was also like a tournament going on in Portland where the camp was and um, Paris St. Germain and Manchester City were there and they were training and they invited um, the girls who were there to train with them. And it was so crazy and cool to be able to experience like a little taste of what professional soccer is like. And especially at a young age, like before I even hit college, it was a great experience to see like the type of level I'm going to have to grow up into. And they were all just so sweet too. Like they knew like we weren't definitely not on their level, but they were always like, and they spoke French too, which is also a lot harder to understand, but they were all very sweet and um, taught us a lot of different things. Yeah, absolutely. And what I've learned anytime, you know, met people outside the United States, um, you, cause you're talking about being sweet, their, their passion and love for soccer. It just, it hits different. And that's why I've always appreciated anytime my daughter has had a, a European coach. Cause I just, you could tell in their coaching, like the, the drive behind it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really cool that you were able to experience that. Like you said, at, a, at an earlier age to help, you know, give you not just the instruction, but that, that same fuel and fire as you continue on. Mm -hmm. Um, you're ranked the number nine, 29 player out of Texas, fourth-ranked goalkeeper in the state. So between high school and club, clearly a lot of success, a lot of learning. You know, at what point are colleges starting to to reach out to you in the recruiting process? Um, I think it started eighth grade year. This was before all the rule changes, so they could kind of recruit us whenever. Um, but interest started in eighth grade, but I really didn't start honing in until like freshman or in sophomore year and sophomore year is when I made my decision. But, um, yeah, it started early. All right. So when it came to the decision, you know, what about Mississippi state, um, uh, made it to school for you? You know, for some it's the visit, some it's the coach, you know, some it's everything in between. What was it for you? Um, well, when I stepped onto my visit, like I just had a feeling that this is where home was going to be. And, um, I loved the family aspect of 
the town and the college and even within the team, like everyone was so loving and caring. And um, we had a different coaching staff back then. But um, like now James was recruiting me from Auburn and uh, he came over. And so he still wanted me, which was super nice. But it was just the family aspect for me. So um, Coach James Armstrong, for those who don't know, so he was recruiting you actively from Auburn before he came to Mississippi State? Yeah. Very nice. Um, before we get into all things Mississippi State, I don't want to gloss over if I'm if I'm reading the SI department's page, right? Did you also play football in high school? Yes, I did. So we driving field goals or making tackles here? <laughs> Only field goals. My uh, high school soccer coach was also on the special teams for football, and he would not let me uh, get on the field anywhere near getting tackled, <laughs> and neither would my parents or my um uh club coach so just field goals I got you so what what's the longest field goal you've made in practice I've made 50 I can't remember what I've made in games before but I got you I 50 in practice or not practice that's that's a long distance (laughs) football is not the same as a soccer ball either oh no definitely not very different all right so you get to startville you know first of all you know I find Starkville, some people, you know, don't see it for what it is. I think it's amazing. And maybe it's because they don't go to enough college towns to really see, Um, especially when you look at the athletic side of things. I think Starkville is set up so nicely, all the different sports facilities. Um, You know, when you got there, you know, obviously you had visited before, but now that you're an athlete there, you're an active student there, what, you know, what was the feelings like? What were the thoughts like when you got there? I, I was kind of like in disbelief. It was so cool to experience um just what college was like and especially in a small town college like everything is super close everyone is super involved in each other's sport and um it was really cool just to experience all of it and experience it with um people like-minded as well yeah absolutely so getting into your freshman season um you know 12 starts in 12 games playing a total of 1073 minutes recording 44 total saves um, got your first career shutout against, guess who, Ole Miss. Got to be Ole Miss if you play Mississippi <laughs> State. Um, yep. Did you know coming into your freshman year that you were going to be the starter? Was it one of those things that was kind of talked about, or did you have to earn it, and it wasn't one of those things that you really knew until the start of the season? Uh, I, I think it was mentioned maybe like once, but they really focused on like everyone has an opportunity and you have to work for the position, and so – um, all throughout preseason and because of COVID we had a super long preseason that year and it was very grueling and lots of work but um, it was very focused on like you have to put in the work if you want to start yeah absolutely you know I, I just mentioned that because some some when they get recruited they know that they're going to start it's part of the active you know recruitment process you know hey you come mm-hmm. here starting so I didn't know if it was talked about but you know you mentioned coach Armstrong Obviously, you know, he starts there in 2019. I've heard nothing but the best from everyone. I've actively been able to talk to him um, when my daughters attended ID camp or, you know, on Twitter. You know, just talk about what he means, especially, you know, being the fact that he recruited you. He's now there um, and he's actively your coach. You know, just give for those who don't know, just, you know, a little taste of what Coach Armstrong's like. Uh, Coach Armstrong is a character for sure. I love him. Um, he's so kind and super sweet. Um I mean, he definitely puts on a serious, goes into serious mode whenever we're on the field and is 
um, very into his work and he's very passionate about it, but off the field, he's super caring and like really takes interest in your life. Like when I told him I wanted to go home to see my new niece this weekend, he was super supportive and he's like, go take the time, go spend time with your um, niece. And he just, he really sees you as a whole person instead of just the player, which I really love about the entire staff. The whole staff is like that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I told people because I'm an LSU soccer fan, so I'm not being biased here. Like I, my daughter went to four different SEC camps and I felt like the way the coaching staff interacted with the players, you know, I watched him and coach Zimmerman and interact with the players and they just seemed fun to play for. They seemed like really nice guys. And, you know, I hated it. Like, you know, my daughter ultimately didn't want it. She wanted to go to LSU because I wanted her to play for them. Like, I was like, they're awesome. Like, and and she was feeling like she was smiling, laughing, having fun playing soccer. And I like being able to see that side of her where it's not so much, you know, just serious all the time. But um, unfortunately, my, my son is the is the maroon and white guy in the family. Uh, my, da- my daughter, <laughs> however, takes after me the purple and gold. Um, <laughs> But sophomore season, you know, really kind of seemed on par to your freshman season. I really want to jump to junior because junior and senior is obviously where we got a lot to talk about. So coming into the junior season, named to the United Soccer Coaches uh, Division One Players Watch List, um, team goes 12-6-4, and four, um, make it to the second round of the tournament. But let's talk about the team as a whole, not just yourself for a second. Like, you know, going from your sophomore year to junior year, you know, what changed was – um, is it about the growth of the team, the chemistry? Um, you know, did you have a lot of players come in? You know, what what was that switch that changed from sophomore to junior year? Um, we had a lot of veterans on the team, and so there was a lot of experience. But I also think the buy-in and the belief just kind of shifted a little bit. We were no longer thinking that we were the under, like the lower level teams. Like we bought into the fact that we are going to make postseason, and we are a great team. We just have to put in the work. And so I think that was a big shift mentally. And that's what really helped us to just um, kind of get over that little hump that we had in the previous years. Yeah, absolutely. And so you get to host a game against New Mexico State um, in the the tournament. You know, what was that like for y'all? Um, like you said, because, you know, if you're hosting a game in the NCAA tournament, to your point, you're not an underdog, right? So what was it like being able to host that first game and have them there in your house, uh, you know, with the crowd? It was crazy. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand how, like, special that is to be able to host a game and be able to be a part of that tournament because there's so many teams in the country, but only 64 make it. And so it was huge for us and really a confidence booster going into that season and subsequent seasons. Yeah, and so y'all get the win. Um, You ultimately fall to Memphis, who I'm obviously very familiar with, numerous guests from there. Um, we get to go to a lot of games, a very sharp team. And I think they, um, you would agree that you talk about veteran presence. I mean, that team was was loaded with them. So I think just ran into a buzzsaw. And then they ultimately played Arkansas, which, I mean, that was that was a game within itself that went to the final PK. And if you would have told me that our guest, actually, Maya Jones, um, would miss a, a PK for the, the win, I told you you're crazy. But um, like you said, it's set up for the next season where y'all would go 12-6-5, and five, um, but I want to go to the win that I watched on TV, um, the big moment for y'all, and that's against Alabama, something that you hadn't done. Talk about the emotions for the team getting that victory. Um, the one at their place or the SEC tournament? The one at their place. Because okay. it wasn't just that y'all did it. I think 
I want to say it was like 27. I don't have it in front of me. I want it was a ridiculous number of games they had won in a row at home. Mm-hmm. Man, that was such an amazing game because each each year that I've been here, we have struggled playing against Alabama, and they're just always been a powerhouse. And so, and they were coming off their Final Four. Um, year the previous year and so it was a big game and we knew it was going to be hard but um we like I said we just all had the belief that we could do it and it was so awesome to be able to go on their field and just shut them out and per, like break their streak and yeah. it was a great feeling and we got ice cream after too so <laughs> I mean that's a bonus I mean to speak to to them and at home and just speak to them in general to your point I had went to the it was like the fourth game of the season we went and traveled and watched them host Memphis in a top 10 showdown um and they won that game two to one and then I watched them absolutely thump LSU five nothing and so the idea that y'all beat them and on their turf really was a signature win because if just based upon the other two games that I watched you know it tells me a lot so um, a huge win for y'all. And then, like you said, obviously in the SEC tournament. But, um, you know, talk about going into the tournament this time because you're hosting again against Providence. But, like, you talked about not being 100. But now this year you've really got to be feeling different. You've got tournament experience. you got marquee wins at Alabama. So you have to be feeling like this year, hey, we can really do something here. Mm-hmm. I think we – it definitely had even more belief because of what we did in the year and previous the last year. Um, and we had a little more confidence going into the game, but um, I think that kind of was playing against us just a little bit throughout the game. Cause um, we weren't playing the best that we wanted to, and we were kind of struggling and obviously went into overtime and not getting the chances we want. So that was kind of a little more of a wake up call to be like, Hey, like, this is the tournament. We need to go a little bit harder. We can't just like everyone's good now. Like everyone, even though we're hosting and the person against us is supposed to be like less good and like a lower seed, like they're still great. They're one of the 64 teams that made right. it. And so I think that was a good um, game for us to play to get that knowledge and then make us like go into California with a better mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And Y'all do go there and you go to Palo Alto and, you know, this time you do win the second round game. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, you beat Brown two to one, you know, so like advancing to the sweet 16, doing something the school has never done before. Like um, when I say that, when you hear people say that, what does it mean to you and the team knowing that you've done something that no previous team before you has achieved? I mean, it's just such an honor and such a blessing because, Um, The experiences we get to have as college athletes is so special, but being able to do something and like make a name for your team at the school is huge. Like you are etched in the history books now and um, like the whole team was a part of that. So that's really cool to be able to do and um, just be able to boost your school's reputation because I know MSU like it's not doesn't have a long record of reputation like an FSU soccer team with all their national championships, but being able to do that is just really special and a really big moment for the university. Yeah. I like seeing, you know, what I saw was a lot of people who are fans of the other sports of Mississippi state start to jump onto soccer, start to be fans. And then, you know, a lot of them who had attended games um, start saying, Hey, we need to build on those stadium. We need a bigger stadium. And, and I love to see it because, um, people are acknowledging what y'all are doing, and that's only going to, you know, get more people involved 
um, build their program to be bigger. So I think you're now a team that has put yourself on the map. Um, obviously, you lose in the Sweet 16, but you only lose one nothing to the number two overall seed. And I mean, absolutely made Stanford sweat. So, um, you know, some people are silver lining people, but I feel like y'all had to have felt good. Not only just made Sweet, Sweet 16, but you gave Stanford a run. Yeah, and I think what what hurts the most is like we totally could have won that game. And like you said, we were toe to toe with them, but it does give us great confidence going into this year, being able to keep a lot of the same people um, and being able to have another opportunity to make it far. And now we're just continuing to build onto the belief that we make each year that we can make it far and we can continue to make history. Yeah. And then, you know, they do the post that you and Macy Hodge are coming back and, you know, it's exciting because, any team, and, you know, I know you're a humble person. You you may not say it or see it that way, but y'all are your team's two best players. Um, and so when the captains and the best players are coming back, you have to feel good with what Coach Armstrong's doing. And, he, and you know, he's got to feel good as, as a coach. Hey, I got my goalkeeper. I got a midfielder coming back. Like, let's go. We got the pieces around them. And so I know y'all are excited for, for next year. And like you said, y'all, y'all haven't been able to get there as much, you know, with the weather and everything, but, like, Next year is the sky's the limit. So, I mean, is that is that the mood around the team and the girls, you know, like, hey, we keep progressing each year. Next year, let's make a run and get a national championship. Oh, yeah, that is definitely the belief. Um, one of our players, Alana, she said, why not us this previous year? And I think that's just kind of been our mantra the rest of the year, like um, going into this upcoming year. Like, we can do it. We can make it far. And we definitely have the national championship on our mind. Yeah, so the last thing, you know, I want to ask is, you know, like I said, seem like a, a very humble person, not someone that's going to brag. But, you know, I posted the graphic when I said you were coming on the show. You know, single season record for most minutes played, shutouts, you know, saves. Like, what's it mean to you? I talked about what it meant for you being a part of the team. But as you as an individual, knowing that you've done your job in the goal so successful. I mean, it's meant the world to me. I mean, I, I don't like to take credit like you said I mean God gave me these abilities and I try to glorify him whenever I get on the field but um it's been a huge blessing and it's been a, such an amazing experience these past four years and um I wouldn't have had it any other way so I'm very thankful I committed here and I'm very thankful that I've stayed these four years and I get an extra year here yeah no doubt and you know talking about um the faith aspect make sure because I don't want to forget I don't have it in my notes but I just thought I always said it when we go to plug or promote, make sure you plug or promote your IG because I've been seeing the videos you're putting out. And so shout out to you for being a leader, um, you know, in your Christian faith. But with that, we got to play the game of this or that. This or that is brought to you by the Bellsmith. I'm actually wearing my hat. I got my, my Macy Hodge autograph belt. Nice. I got to get my Maddie Anderson autograph belt. But yes. If you need a bell, the Bellsmith is the best in the game. There's no doubt about it. You can check him out online and make special orders. You can go to uh, Maroon and Company, get your player bells, help these athletes through NIL. But with that being said, this or that, two options. You choose one or the other. Can't say neither. Okay. Can't say both. Okay. All right. Very simple. Out the gate. Chicken or beef tacos? Beef. All right. Liquid or bar soap? Liquid. All right, this one's an interesting one for me because there's there's some people who feel the way I do, some people don't. When it comes to the uniforms, do you prefer the white or the maroon or the black? I personally like the black. It's very like very chic, 
I think the black are argued. You could make a case that they're the best in the country. Now, here's where there's a problem. Um, Mississippi State is a very traditional school. And when you take maroon out of the equation, there's a lot of – because this happened in baseball too. When they had the Sunday blacks, people really didn't like it. And to give the point that how much I liked it – oh, let me see if I can get reach it back here. I got my special edition national championship belt in the Sunday black. So I'm a big fan of the black personally, but like I said, mm-hmm. yeah, traditionals, you know, as an LSU fan, I'm going to tell you right now, if they did a black Jersey, um, there would be riots in the street. And I know <laughs> state fans still the same. So I was yeah. curious. All right. What would you rather go to a costume party or a pool party? Pool party. No doubt. I, I might have to take that one off. I thought more people might want to dress up. Seems to be a collectively. Everybody wants to do a pool party. Yeah. Everyone wants to get in the pool and lay out. I don't know. I like I like dressing up. Not really. My wife always makes me dress up with the family. I'm lying. Um, <laughs> lost in a jungle or trapped in a haunted house? Oh, lost in a jungle. I hate horror. I hate haunted houses. Like, no, never. You know, you have a fellow athlete at Mississippi State that I'm going to tell you, Kenley Hawk came on here and she's a horror movie fanatic. And she says right. when she's having a bad day, she likes to unwind and watch The Conjuring. And I told Brooks, that is the biggest red flag I've ever heard. <laughs> and my son actually has a crush on Kenley Hawk. And I told him, I was like, buddy, she's not the one. <laughs> that is crazy. Okay. I will say a lot of us girls, we love our true crime. I'm fine with true crime. I just can't do like. Conjuring is not true crime. That yeah, is- that's not true crime. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I'll let Brooks deal with it. it ain't my problem. <laughs> Yes, Brooks has that. All right. Private yacht or private jet? Private yacht. I agree. All right. Last one. The money question. I bring you a briefcase with $10 million or I offer you a national championship. What are you taking? National championship for sure. No doubt. $10 million is a lot of money. Are you sure? Yeah, you can always make money, but you can't always win a national championship. So. Absolutely. I agree. So you're off the hot seat with that being said, you know, like I said, IG, how can they find you, um, you know, plug and promote? Oh, you want me to say it? Yeah. Yeah. And if you okay, have, anything, and if you have anything else you want to plug or promote, go ahead and do that as well. Um, if you have any foundations you're working with NIL deals, any of that stuff. Um, well, my Instagram is Maddie, M A D D Y dot Anderson dot one. And then my Twitter is, maddie a n d one um and shout out to bell smith as well go get you some awesome customized cowbells and yeah shout out to fca too great organization check them out absolutely well we appreciate you coming on here you know on an off night of being able to come share your story like i said um I love Mississippi State athletics. Um, you know, y'all are just fun to root for. Y'all are all you know, great character individuals. And as far as Mississippi State soccer, I think the sky is the limit next year. Yes, I agree. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. That's Maddie Anderson, everybody. If you like hearing her story or you just like hearing Average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share this podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, ratings, comments, hugs, love, feedback, all that good stuff is welcome. We will see everyone episode 16 Monday with Cole Messina from South Carolina Baseball. But in the meantime, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We are out.